here and then the most realist sense i knew a guy in my youth group growing up who staunchly believed for a while that only missionaries and pastors will go to listen. heaven. I've been trying to tell you this here for a minute. How you got 99 problem, 99 problem, and every single one of them women. That's what start to happen when you're young and handsome and you start to mack it. You had the bag one, so you brought one back home. Then they leave your crib and then they start to yapping. This one happened to know this one, that one. So they recognize the pic from the bathroom <laughs> on your Instagram. And then they hit the M like, is this your man? Oh, no, not this again. Right. When you know you're being recorded. It is. For you, it is. Because there's that initial pressure of like, oh, shoot, we're recording now. What do I say first? Yeah, for you, it is. I have a constant stream of one-liners in my head that I'm just ready to whip this out This is why you moment. need to do stand-up, Dimitri. I know. Just not like John Christ. Oh, just, what a segue. Uh, oh, uh, boy. All right. <laughs> Dimitri, you want to intro the podcast I will first? intro the podcast. Welcome to the Belfast Podcast. I am your host, uh, Dimitri Lash, along with my other host, uh, Luke Byler. Luke, how's it going today? It's going pretty good. You had going a day off? Well. I did. Today was my Sabbath, so it's very it was Jewish. Good. It was very Jewish of you. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to, you know, practice that one day a week. Don't do any work. That's good. What did you do on your no day of work? Uh, I did a lot of reading this morning. Um, listened to a couple of podcasts. Depending on who you are, reading is a lot of work. Well, it's something I enjoy. I don't put it on my list of like, oh, oh. this stresses me out. Like, so like, I feel like I have to. Do you feel and it like, wasn't reading like for school or anything like that. It was just for me. So just for you, selfish reading. Kind of. I guess the Sabbath you are supposed to be a little selfish with your time. Yeah, I guess in some sense, but it's like what a what a way what a thing to start out talking about is rest and the Sabbath and you being selfish with it. But another podcast, perhaps. Yeah. Luke, a lot has happened in the Christian landscape this week. So this much. month, really, but this week we decided to record a podcast for the first time in many, many moons. So, uh, I guess two we'll, big things. Two One big thing popped things. off last week. Yeah. So, you want to start with the oldest and then get to I'll the newest? I'll start with the most notoriety and then work our way to less notoriety. Okay. Yeah, that sounds fair. Okay. So. If you didn't know, Kanye West has now become a born-again Christian. Uh, he has professed the gospel many times over in the last few weeks. Uh, he released a new album titled Jesus is King. The thing, first of all, I want to talk about this. Have you listened to the album? Yeah, I've listened to it like three times. Do you like it? Yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, I think I like Closed on Sunday the best. Did yeah. you see the live version they did on Jimmy Kimmel? No, I didn't. It's very good. The live version is way better than the like other version. Okay. The I'll one thing I was up. missing from the real version, the recorded version, was like a steady like, like bass hit, like to add a little emphasis, and it doesn't have that in the real version. But they did like a full percussion and choir on the live version on Jimmy. Anyway, it's it's very good. You got to listen to it. Uh, the thing I found interesting about this is Kanye West is known for being rather vulgar with his music. Um, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And what I found really interesting is now he's doing an album called Jesus is King. There are no cuss words. It's not, a, it's not an explicit album. There's no, there's no explicit songs, no explicit words. And I found this interesting. He requested that everyone who worked on the album with him did not uh, perform in premarital sex hmm. as kind of like an honor to Jesus, you know, 
in that sense to not sin while they were making the album. Got it. Which I find, I mean, he's a weird dude, so I don't <laughs> disbelieve it. But I also just think like, again, like, and I think the big, the big conversation in the world is, is it real? Yeah, at least in the Christian world. At least in the Christian. I don't think no one maybe cared. the secular world. I don't think the it, secular world care. cares. Yeah, because I mean, it's at least like, not yet. No, because I mean, think about like how many like celebrities could be like, "Wow, I I'm Buddhist now," and then just not be Buddhist. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, or you're Tom Cruise and you're Scientologist, or you're Scientologist and then you're not. Like, I just think like the world's like incredibly like. Here's the other thing, though, that I find like. That I think gives a lot of the skepticism towards this is it's Kanye. Like, oh yeah, totally. Like, like it's just he's Kanye crazy. Like this is a guy that screamed at Sway. Like you don't have the answers when he talked about fashion before he ever had a deal with Adidas. I mean, he's like, the only twenty-six-year-old him. Did you ever see that? No. Oh my gosh, he started yelling at a guy in an interview about how he doesn't take advice from people who are smaller than he is, and then at the end of it, he just screams, "I'm the only twenty-six-year-old me." <laughs> He also had that meltdown at TMZ, so it's just like TMZ. It's just like I think it's okay. just like if there's gonna be a crazy celebrity, it's like it's just, it's Kanye, you know, notoriously just, and historically. So it's just it felt really like oh okay, like we gotta wait out the like crazy period. It seems to like see if this isn't just one of his other things. Did you watch his David Letterman? Uh, my next guest needs no introduction. Interview. No. When was that? Oh man! When did the interview? When was the interview? I recorded? believe it was this summer, sometime in June or July. Okay. Uh, no, I didn't see it. It's it's super. Un- you said it's really awkward. It's incredibly awkward. Kanye West is a really awkward person, just in general. I think. Um. But like, geez, man, like that interview made me uncomfortable. Just in a sense of like knowing him, his music. I mean, I listened to the, we used to listen to that podcast, Don't Do That, Bro. And they had a full episode on Kanye West because it was right when he talked about slavery and his whole meltdown with that. And then his like, yeah, his whole like thing with Donald Trump. Like he's just, he's like a weird dude. And so I think like Christians, like their worst fear is like, this isn't real. And like, he's going to be like, ha, like I played a joke on you. Like I just played you all for second. This is like Hops and Santa Moon to Australia. Yeah. Were you in on the loop when all that was going on? No, what? You know who Hobson is, right? The guy who wears like the contacts, like the wide out contacts. And, like, uh, it sounds he has familiar. a bunch of songs called like "Ill Mind of Hobson and stuff. He's a little more. Un- he's like definitely more underground, or was more underground. I've heard um, of him. Yes. Anyway, there was this thing where like he kind of professed like faith or like wanting to have faith, like he was doing stuff with Cray and different things like this. And then there was this whole thing about like, oh, I'm moving to Australia, like I'm quitting rap music, all this stuff. And then he put out a video where he was like, ah, gotcha. Like, it was all just to get, like, publicity. So. Well, like, think about, like, Lil Uzi Vert was like, I'm quitting music. And then he, like, came out with a new song. Like, I I think people just do stuff. Like, and I think that's, like, the Christian, like, circles. Like, that's what they're worried about is, like, oh, like, Kanye West just wants to tap this market of, like, Christian. And, And, like, the thing I think that bothers me a little bit about it is that like Christians like seem like they're desperate for a character like Kanye. Yeah. Like, yeah, we always want the celebrities to like give us the, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and even, even myself, like maybe this is just something weird I do, but like if I'm watching a movie and I like, 
I'm like, man, I wonder what that actor like thinks. I wonder what he believes. Like, I'll Google it. I'm like, hey, is this per you know, because you hear like stuff about their personal life, this, that, or the other. I think there are some people like that, but I, it just is that concerning that all we do is chase characters or chase celebrity. Yeah, because I think it's. I mean, it seems like there's been this culture a lot of times where I, I I don't know when it started, but just this, I mean, we've kind of talked, hit on this with like celebrity pastors in our other episode. Yes. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Just about like how we feel like we need this like big hug from like the secular world to like validate the fact that like what we're doing is good or true. Right. And it kind of feels, it doesn't feel that way with Kanye. I have some my reservation on it but my reservation on it is that i i was of the mind that i was like it's cool that he's like professing christian music it's cool that he is doing what he's doing but like again like i'm not sure if this is legit you know yeah and it, i mean we we have a bible study every week in in galatians and we just talked about false brothers like are they coming in trying to spy on our freedoms in christ trying to like become an authority figure of our faith just to turn the gospel around right yeah i think that's like a fair critique of kanye is that some christians are but then i i read this instagram post and and i don't it was a while ago i posted on my story but it was basically yeah, i read it too i thought it was good. i bas it was basically about kanye west being like like we need to encourage him in his walk with christ like like, that's what needs to happen. Like, just because he's Kanye West doesn't negate the fact that maybe he has heard the gospel. And if you listen to the album, like, honestly, like, he he drops a bunch of biblical context within the album. Yeah, and even if you hear him in interviews, man, like, just the way he talks He now, seems zealous, yeah. Like, he's... I saw this meme the other day that it was just, like... It was, like, memes for Jesus or something. And of it course. was, like... Uh, you know, my life before Christ, my life after Christ. And it was like Kanye being all sad and then like smiling. Yeah. And I saw somebody like tweet out, like, I've never seen Kanye smile so much. Yeah. I and mean, it's just like a small thing, but it's like, that's like, feels real, feels legitimate. Right. I heard that, I don't know if he was on Fallon or Kimmel, but he was on a late night show. And I think it was, uh, I think it was Kimmel. And Kimmel was like, uh, so you make Christian music now. And Kanye goes, well, I'm Christian everything now. And I was just like, interesting like that sounds like a very Kanye thing to say but right. it's like it doesn't negate the fact that his point is just like oh no this isn't just like me making a gospel album like it's like my life's about christ now yeah and somebody like the ending line was like and whether or not this ends up being true whether or not he stays christian like you know whatever like he was right when he said jesus is king yes amen like there's like there's an album out now by kanye west that's like breaking almost all of the streaming records called jesus is king and again, like I, I think maybe I have less quips about Kanye because it does seem like it's more biblically like grounded. Like he has a lot of friends who are pastors, Hillsong pastors, whatever. But like when Chance the Rapper made his album, it was all about blessings and like, you know, yeah. That sort of deal. Like if I if I have faith, like if I pray to Jesus, like I'll get blessings. Like that, like to me, that was more concerning than at least Kanye West being like, I didn't hear that. It was more about his yeah. personal walk to faith than it was about the things he gets from it. Yeah. And you made a comment to me when, you know, this news first came out and the album came out and all that is you were like, well, he's running around getting money and publicity from this. And I was like, yeah. And I like kind of a, like 
I thought about that statement for a bit, and I was just like, well, it's Kanye. Like, he's going to get publicity and money from anything he does. Right. So, like, if it's going to be something, might as like, well be might as well be this. And, you know. Might as well be, like, T-shirts saying Jesus is king. Yeah. It might as well be him doing press runs for all this stuff. And literally every description of every video is, like, talk about, like, Kanye West being born again. Kanye West becoming a Christian. So, it's like, even the publications are, like, making it blatant that, like, this thing is, at least in the way he's talking about it and in the way we're seeing it shape, is, like, pretty legit yeah i mean he's not being he's not trying to hide it either yeah like he's not being like oh yeah it was just like this gospel album i want to try to like talking about it in just a music sense like this is definitely seems for him like a no like something actually changed which is like very praiseworthy so yeah i'm I'm excited kind of swung to where i'm i won't say i'm all for it i'll say that in the sense of like i have certain like I really am like hoping and praying that like he's somebody who gets solid people around him that he can like lean on because gosh, you married to Kim Kardashian, like all this other stuff, like grew up being Kanye and now your life changes and you know, but if you don't have people around you to help keep you grounded and to help you grow, then that's going to be dangerous. And you know, he has more resources than you know, ninety nine percent of people. So to be fair, years ago, Kanye West was friends with uh, Rick. Uh, what is it? Rich Will Rich Wilkerson Jr. He's one of the like Hillsong pastors or Elevation. I he's one of those big brand mega churches. Uh, I believe it's in Miami, uh, and Kanye West designed the cover for his book called Sandcastle Kings. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, now I'm saying about... Uh, I have it I heard open. it's a very good book, by the way. It's okay. Okay. It's going from reading like Tim Keller and C.S. Lewis to reading like a Chad Wilkerson Jr. book or Rick Wilkerson... That guy's book uh, is it's a steep drop-off. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, it's a very Max Licato... Very easy read, I'll yeah. say that. Yeah. Um, but it's good. Which brings me to my second point. Go ahead. With why we brought off. Kanye West up that we got kind of sidetracked a little bit. Uh this was just released earlier this week. Kanye West will be a guest. Ha rhymes. Bars. Uh at Joel Osteen's church, Lakewood Church. On November 17th, on a Sunday morning, he... So this Sunday. This Sunday, this upcoming Sunday. uh, The Jesus is King artist, this is according to Billboard Records, is set to have a 15 to 20-minute conversation with Osteen at the service, which begins at 11 a.m. He will then join the choir later during the 7 p.m. service later that night. Uh, Kanye and Joel are friends. He's been wanting to come out for some time, and it just worked out this weekend. Donald Ilif... Junior, a representative for the church, told the publication West is already in the area joining Travis Scott on stage at the Astro World Festival this week. Uh, so I think my like okay. okay here okay let me give you my initial reaction yeah I I know it's different but like what would we say if it was like Andy or Lecrae? Who is going to be at Lakewood Church with Joel? 
Like, would we have, like, definitely there would be, like, a, you're going to partner with Joel, like, you know, that, like, kind of eh, Yeah, thing. totally. But it's also, like, a, I trust Andy, I trust Lecrae, like, they aren't going to, like, cave in a conversation with him about, like, certain beliefs or whatever it is. I think my thing is, like, this fits. Like, that's not, I don't have a concern about this. It okay, just makes, go, it yeah. makes sense to me. And I mean, it's, it's Joel, Joel Osteen and it's Kanye West. It's like, like the, it's like the milk chocolate of, like, church services. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, anyone will eat it. It tastes good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, that does sound weird, like, coming out. It's like, it's the most vanilla, it's like vanilla ice cream. It's like, yeah, it's palatable to anybody. Joel Osteen says things, it's prosperity gospel, right? Yeah. It's, he says things, he, he takes a biblical narrative and turns it into an empowering message for you personally. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if that's Kanye West's story. Like, again, like, I haven't heard him talk a lot. I really want to, I haven't listened to his uh, Corden interview yet on the airplane where they did. Uh, oh, the, the, the karaoke? The karaoke, like, it's called airplane karaoke because they yeah. usually do karaoke with cars. I haven't seen that interview yet. I really want to. I've seen snippets of it and it sounds good. Um, but. I, I like I don't know, but like to me this makes sense to me. Here's here's the interesting thing, and I'm gonna show this. I don't know what's gonna happen, uh, but here's honestly something that maybe excites me about it is that uh, Olstein has become famous and successful within Christianity, and not that Kanye is not gonna be successful now that he's a Christian. It's Kanye, like like I said, he's gonna make money. He's like the him. unsinkable ship. He's like Drake. You know, yeah. like in the sense yeah. of like, there's not really anything that like when Drake's whole thing came out when he was like, oh, I have an illegitimate son that yeah, I've been yeah. hiding from the world. And like T.I. came out with that. When I heard T.I.'s diss tape, I was like, oh, my God, Drake is done. And then Drake it was a uh, Travis. It was a uh, no, it was, it was uh, T-Pain. T-Pain. No, not T-Pain. Ah, yeah. what was this it? This is my hip hop knowledge um, right now. Um, oh, shoot. Uh, the It was Pusha T. Pusha T. Uh, yeah. The best diss track of the And year. what's funny is Kanye West. Uh, actually produced that song, <laughs> uh, which is really funny. Uh, and Kanye West paid an exorbitant amount of money for Pusha T's album artwork in the design community. It's kind of funny. He paid like an exorbitant amount of money. That picture of Pusha T's album artwork is a picture of Whitney Houston's bathroom sink, and it has like a bunch of drugs on it. And they paid the estate of Whitney Houston like hundreds of thousands of dollars and they ran out of money to do uh Kanye West's album artwork. So that's oh, why his that's yeah, why his yeah, yeah. yay cover is like yep. hit like a picture he took with like his handwriting on it. Uh but uh, let me yeah, okay. But like to interesting. Me, but let me get to my point. My point is that uh like Olsen has become rich and famous inside of Christianity. Not that Kanye is gonna not be rich and famous now that he is a Christian, but it's like I think Kanye at some level is grasping like the risk and the dare I say like consequences. I think that's a good word of like his decision. Like it's always going to cause family tensions. It's going to cause he like, he has a whole song about like him arguing with his dad. Like we don't know exactly what that looks like, but I think the point is that like, if there's anybody that's going to like push on Olstein about like wealth and all this stuff as in terms of like inside of Christianity. I don't know if it's going to be Kanye, but it'd be really interesting to see if that's anything that happens. The thing I'm excited about, I think most of all is that like more than likely people are going to watch a church service who have never watched a church service. 
because Kanye West is going to be on that church service. Yeah. And I think, like, to me, obviously, like, I don't think Joel Osteen's, like, the greatest preacher ever. I would care to disagree with him on a lot of things, probably. But also, like, it, like again, it's it's my argument with Hillsong is, like, man, if that gets people in the door, that gets people in the door. Yeah, Hillsong and... Osteen are a little different, but that's they're, a, that's they're another different, But like they they do the same thing. Like Osteen says things that like people want to hear, and that gets like Christians in the door. They're like, man, I just need to like feel encouraged. Like I need uplifting, right? Yeah. And while that may be shallow, I mean, Hillsong to me also kind of does that to a sense, but it's made it like look cool. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. the hipster church. Both avenues are getting people to come to church that probably wouldn't come to church otherwise. Yeah. Which to me is like they're saving grace. You know what I'm saying? Like in the same way that I think there are some really legalistic churches in a sense. And I mean, one of the things I I learned in Galatians is like Paul's not necessarily saying legalism is bad. It's just not necessary. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like legalism helps some people. Like some people need that hard edged discipline in their lives that they wouldn't get from a Hillsong church. Yeah. So, I mean, like, my thing is, like, I'm excited. He's going to be on Joel Osteen, not necessarily for Osteen's ministry personally, but for the fact that these people who probably wouldn't have reached out initially would now. Yeah, they'll at least get a taste of something. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, like, if one person comes to faith because Kanye West is professing that Jesus is king, like, that's a win. Oh, of course. Of course. Which seems likely. Like... That's what's pretty wild about this. It's like there are probably people coming to Christ because Kanye West is professing Jesus is king or that may come to Christ on Sunday because he's on a church yeah. service. Or at least more curious about it now because Yeah, absolutely. Like Kanye made an album about it. Yeah. Which I'm all for. Yeah, so absolutely. I have no qualms with. Yeah. Do talking want, on the other side of, yeah, do we of want the to talk spectrum. The other, yeah. Talking about discipline, which is funny. <laughs> uh, hold on, let me pull up the article again. Yeah, I want to, if anything that you read, I would love to read like his statement because I think that's an important thing to hit on in the story. Okay. Um, but to get us started, so the story is uh, John Christ, uh, huge, like millions of followers across you know social media, um, going to have a Netflix special coming out in he has a Netflix special. He was going to have one come out on Thanksgiving called Ain't Praying for That. And I was low-key kind of excited because I was like, getting a Netflix special, not that it's like, you know, crazy these days that a comedian gets a Netflix special, but like the fact that he got one was pretty impressive. I think like if Tim Hawkins got a got a Netflix special. That'd I think, be dope. That'd be cool, yeah. Yeah. I'd maybe watch it if I was bored. Yeah. I'm more <laughs> of a Dave Chappelle guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, but the story is that Chris, over the past number of years, I think he says like seven years or something like that, mm-hmm. um, has been, and he's a single dude, apparently, well, he was dating somebody, but he hasn't been married, I think, his whole career. I don't think he's been married at all, but definitely through his comedy career, um, hasn't been married, has been in one relationship that I'm aware of, but has, over the past seven years, been exploiting his platform for like notoriety with women to like get his foot in the door and to like then yeah yeah do you want me to read this pressure for like sexual favors yeah yeah yeah. so this is an article from cnn uh 
Uh, Christian Magazine, uh, Charisma News, published a report on Wednesday of last week, I believe, in which it documented accusations against Don Christ by five women. Allegations includes, but are not limited to, individually sexting multiple women during the same time period, initiating sexual relationships with married women and women in committed relationships, offering show tickets in exchange for sexual favors, and repeatedly calling these women late at night while drunk. These women were identified using pseudonyms, uh, in the story, goes on to say who Chris is. What was his response? Do you ha- Does it add in the article? Yeah, okay, so here his it is. His statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's his statement. Over the past number of years, various women have accused me of behavior that has been hurtful to them. While I am not guilty of everything I've been accused of, I confess to being guilty of this. I have treated relationships with women far too casually, in some cases even recklessly. My behavior has been destructive and sinful. I have sinned against God, against women, and the people who I love the most. I have violated my own Christian beliefs, convictions, and values, and have hurt many people in the process, Chris says. I am sorry for the hurt and pain I have caused these women and will continue to seek their forgiveness. I also hurt the name of Jesus and have sought his forgiveness. Chris said over the past few years he has privately sought and received regular professional treatment for his for my sexual sin and addiction struggles he is committed to getting healthy and freedom from my sin that hey and i have decided to cancel my remaining tour dates to this date and to postpone all future commitments in order to devote my time and energy on getting healthy spiritually mentally and physically he says, he goes on to say, uh, those closest to me, my family, team, and close friends have known about this battle for some time, and now you do too. Okay, initial reactions. My initial reaction to this was, honestly, you don't see someone own up to it that immediately. Yeah, because usually it's with all the other, well, I wouldn't say all, but especially with the most famous uh, comedian case with Bill Cosby, not the Christus Bill Cosby, Bill Cosby um, was like deny, uh, deny, deny forever, and a bunch of people denied for him. I mean, you're you're seeing it with Kevin Spacey now. You're seeing I mean, it. You with, did, but no one's denying that Kevin Spacey didn't do it. No, nah, Kevin Spacey's kind of a creep, uh, in more ways than one. He put out a whole video that was like him as his character in House of Cards, like denying the allegations and like really weird, like meta stuff. So like he's he's a he's a weird dude. Yeah, I've never phenomenal actor, very weird guy. Yeah, I think those two go together quite well. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, true. I mean, you see Kevin what, Hart you see, had Kevin Hart, stuff happen with him. You see, uh, uh, Red Hurt Louis C.K. Yeah, uh, you I s- love Chappelle's bit on Louis C.K. Louis, so true, so good. Um, um, who is the other big one? Oh, the me. Oh, Aziz Ansari. Yeah, that, that was, was a bad a, date. Yeah, that was a that he was. He doesn't a, know how to. Like take a subliminal no, but it's also like a bad date. Yeah, and the fact that he like, I don't know. I haven't watched his new stand up special, but I heard like he spends a very good amount of time talking about it. I haven't seen it. I don't really have an interest in it. I'm not a big as I don't either, and I don't really care. Yeah, same. I just think like I I think the problem behind it was is he was so into the Me Too movement. Yeah. Uh, and like that one podcast, he's a particular kind of f boy. Yeah, like, he's yeah. I mean, he is. He's like they want you to feel sorry for them. Yeah, it was like oh, that's definitely his. We stick. could we could literally name like Matt Lauer comes to mind. Like, there's just so many dudes now that are just being accused of sexual misconduct, right? And 
while like I understand the sentiment behind like, well, why are all these stories coming out now? Like, you know, yeah. I, th- I like it's important to me that these stories come out. Yeah. Because look yeah. at look at Bill Cosby. Like the dude is in his what late seventies and eighties. Like there's not there's no point. Like his fame is like his fame his money's safe. You know what I'm saying? Like he can do whatever he wants. I think he was acquitted of the like criminal. I thought he was in prison. I'm not. Oh, maybe he know. is in prison. We should have done more research. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, Louis's back doing comedy, which like that's a different scenario. But like, Louis I'm already all for Louis being back. But Louis already messed up again because he made another joke about like he lost in like comedians like being able to say whatever. Like he's he lost his card to be able to say whatever he wants. It started with him saying the N word in that one TV interview for HBO. You mean the one with him in a conversation with with Chris Rock? I mean, he says it in his comedy, so like, I, mean, I don't that's know. It. We could talk about. Yeah, I mean, maybe time, like but. I like personally, I don't know if we hold the same belief, but it's like personally to me, like a white person saying the N word is never, unless you're reading a book like old, like Uncle Tom's Cabin, like To Kill a Mockingbird. If you're like reading those books, yes, because like that's what it's supposed to do. But if like you're a white person saying the N word, to me, it's like it's not. And then I think the argument to me, like I could go either way on should everyone be able to not, you know what I'm saying? Should everyone be able to not say it? Should a select group of people be able to not say, I don't know. That one's touchy to me. Yeah. Because there's so much hurt wrapped up in it. Yeah. And to what it means to the African American community to like how they use it, I think is like a, that's a very good argument for people of both sides to have. To me, it's just like, I'll never use the N word. Just, because it, no. it it's distasteful no. for me for white people to use that word. Yeah. Um but to me it's like back to the sexual misconduct we really got off the rails there. Like to me there's a lot of this like oh well well like I personally want to know that these guys are doing this stuff. I don't care yeah. about the time frame necessarily. Yeah. And I think like what you're seeing is a lot of like you just want truth i want truth in the sense that like i'm bummed it's happening but i'm glad it's being brought into the light like i'm i'm glad that men can't like statutory rapes a thing like status rape is a thing we can't like it just act like it's not happening because these guys are that big or well it was 15 years ago why didn't you say something then like that's my whole thing is like like men need to be held to a higher standard in that sense like you know yeah but I also, all, like, and to say it's a witch hunt to me seems to go a little overboard. I, I just think you need to be very conscious of the things you're doing. I think it, like, it brings up a very good argument about, like, celibacy until marriage, like, things like that. Because, like, those are things that keep you safe from, you yeah. know, the witch hunt of, like, well, I sleep around a lot. And, I mean, I get, you know, what's the word? <sighs> F. Um when someone okays uh consent consent yeah like i get consent most of the time like you know what i'm saying like like that sort of lifestyle is like it lends yeah. what what okay i think a good thing that like we can that like ties some of this together is uh this is all a consequence of uh of like sex becoming a casual like act in our society right cuz like if and it's the funny thing about it is like well, the conservative answer always used to be, well, like, wait till you get married, which is, we could argue, a very viable answer. Yes. Um, and it has remained that as the answer. But even on, like, 
the far left side of the like political spectrum, there's like college campuses now where you have to sign a consent form to have sex with somebody. Like it's a very serious it's, it's very like but even it's like there's this weird thing where it's like, yeah, like you can be whatever, do whatever you want, but like to have sex, like you gotta sign this thing. Like both sides know that like sex there's something to the sexual thing that's very like it's like playing with fire if you use it. It's like, very analogy. damaging if you use it wrong. Exactly. Which is so, a, an analogy I've heard quite a few times. Yeah. So it's just this like what we're seeing now um, with, you know, Me Too or with, uh, you know, just the Chris situation or what's happening with all these comedians. It's just like this is and with like having consent forms on college campuses and all that stuff. It's just like this is the overflow of. This is kind of what happens when you treat sex as like a casual whatever, as a Tinder casual. hookup thing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think all of us are realizing like, no, it's not like, but everybody's answers are different or trying like they're all pointing towards the same idea, but they all want to have it differently. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's really weird. I mean, I, I'm, I was reading an article about Tinder and how damaging this hookup culture we have is with these apps because now it's it's readily available on your phone. Like yeah. you you match with somebody. You don't even gotta like go hit on someone at the bar. No, like, yeah. You it just takes, message them on your phone. Exactly. Let's go get a drink and then let's hook up. Right. Yeah. And so it's like I Or like I'll get your Snapchat and we can like sex this evening. Yeah. Well, and it's like it's crazy because I read an article about a girl who was a part of that and she went and had sex with a guy. And she thought, like, like she obviously took it a little more seriously than he did because, like, she's, like, getting up to go to the bathroom or something, like, after they've done it. And he's sitting there on Tinder swiping through other matches, like, in front of her. And she was, like, it was, de- like, she, like, ran out of the room crying. It's, like. Detrimental, bro. Yeah. Detrimental. Because it's a serious thing. Yeah. It's a level of commitment between two people. And, I again, to pull it back to John Chris, I. I have a a level of respect for him for coming forth and saying the things he said. Yeah. Uh, again, part of it was to cover like, hey, not all of this is true, but yes, I have had a problem with this in the past, like and treating women like this. Um, and like the thing I like, it's funny to me is like he brought it back to where he's like, I've sinned. Like I've had to ask for forgiveness. Like I've sinned against people, God, my family, my friends. Like I was held to a higher standard because I am the Christian comedian and I didn't didn't reach that. Yeah. And that's the point of like us talking about this in in conjunction with Kanye is like Kanye is the like new Christian, like rising where, well, Chris is the Christian that like has fallen. Right. At least in the public eye. Um, Kind of my reaction to his, uh, apology um is and my mind's changed on it in the past couple days um i'm just like part of me says well yeah he only says that because he got caught but then i think about my own life and i'm like well yeah and there's also been so many times where i wouldn't have said something if i hadn't been caught right you know uh so it's like well i can't play that game i think an apology if you're not caught isn't obligatory yeah I think that's what's really hard about Christians and just recent I mean just recently in my faith I realized the difference between me sinning 
and then like being like, like I'm forgiven. It's whatever. And then actually like sitting down in prayer and being like, listen, God, like I understand I sinned against you. Like I need forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Like I need your grace. I understand like it's freely given, but I feel like I need to ask for it. Yeah. Like I need communion with you, Mm -hmm. which I, I think is interesting that he did. Uh, is it, oh shoot, is it Bill Burr or is it Dave Chappelle that talks about sex addiction? I think it's Bill Burr in his new special. Oh, when he talks about uh, sex dolls? No, it's sex addicts. He's talking about, because the funny thing, uh, he said it, and I don't know if it's necessarily true or like, because it's a joke, you know, it's yeah. comedy. But he talks about how sex addiction isn't a thing. He talked about how sex addiction. If it was, I don't remember that in his in his new stand-up. Have you watched his new one? Yeah, I don't like it. It's not funny. Oh, we've talked I, about I only watch. I, I can. I enjoyed it. I could only it, get halfway through it because okay. it was so much whining. His up. older stuff is I way think, so funnier. much better. I couldn't make it halfway through his new one because it was just him whining about comedian culture not being able to say what you want and just offending people, and it was annoying. It was like very like complain like let me let me talk about how my job's really hard which you are you're a stand-up comedian like you know like we're saying with like the christian thing is like there are consequences to the things you say and do if you're going to be a public christian you know in the same sense of like a comedian like you're going to say something that's going to ruffle somebody's feathers you can't get that's the point of being you can't get mad at that that it's just getting harder you know what i'm saying like yeah like i think dave Chappelle's material is outstanding because he does not care. Like, he understands the consequences very well, and he's like, if I'm going to offend somebody, then the other side needs to be dying laughing when I say it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's why That's why he's, I mean, he's undefeated, man. Chappelle yeah. is undefeated. But they're talking about... I, I need anyway, to, go... There's, like, he... The comedian I was listening to, and I'm pretty sure it's Bill Burr, talks about how sex addiction doesn't exist. How this idea of, like, sex addiction is only for people who get caught. You don't see a bunch of 26-year-old male bachelors in rehab for sex addiction, do you? No. Good point. You see or a bunch college of guys. you see a bunch of married guys who have gotten caught in sex addiction or older guys, you know. Yeah. Like that's an interesting idea, isn't it? Yeah. Have we created something called sex addiction to just cover up for the fact that like maybe we're just not good husbands. Maybe we're just not good boyfriends. You know what I'm saying? Because if you took the amount of however many women it would take or men for a married person to qualify as a sex addict to sleep with. Yeah, what's the criteria? Like, what is the criteria? Because, like, and then think about... Are we counting porn? And then (laughs) think about college. Think about how much porn a guy in college watches. Think about how much sex college students are having... Like, I mean, there is such a thing as a body count. Yeah. I heard that, like, that buzzword so many times in high school, even. So it's like, it's a thing. So, like, what is the criteria of being a sex addict then? Because it sounds like it's just being caught. Yeah. So I mean, to be fair, because, like, John Chris, think about it. He's a bachelor, right? Yeah, he's not married. He's not married. He was dating someone fair. Yeah. But lots of people cheat in a lot of relationships, especially celebrities. We see it all the time. Uh, so, like, is the criteria for him being a Christian that now it's sex addiction? I mean, it's an interesting idea, right? 
Yeah. I'm not saying that sex addiction probably isn't a thing, but the criteria needs to be the same because there's a lot of college students that are sex addicts then. There's a lot of 20-some-year-old guys and girls. girls living alone, living with roommates that, I mean, look at, like, the show Friends. Like, look at Joey. Like, at what point, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what's healthy? What's yeah. unhealthy then? Because I, I think that's a really interesting discussion. Have discu- you seen How I Met Your Mother? Uh, no, I haven't seen How I Met Your Mother. Okay. Uh, well, there's Barney's character. Right. Uh, who's played by Neil Patrick Harris. It's a very ironic yes. Yeah, it's... He's I like a lady. He's I like a ladies' man, right? I found out he was gay, and I was like, I, I did. I wasn't even really sad. I was like, he's that much, much. He's that much better of an actor to me. Well, it's like think about Joey. Like I think I googled it. Like how many women did Joey sleep with in Friends? And it's like in the fifties or sixties, just in the shows running, which is like a ten-year stretch. Yeah, that's like five, six people a year. Yeah. That's true. Which doesn't sound like a lot. It doesn't but, sound like a lot, but like but the I mean, way look the show. Somebody like Kareem. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, that's a good point. Or Magic Johnson. Like, think about Magic Johnson literally has HIV positive, is HIV positive because... Has HIV positive. Has HIV positive. Is HIV positive because of how many women he claims he slept with with unprotected yeah. sex. Yeah, and I mean, same. it's the same thing with uh, with Kareem. Like, I don't think... Or is, is it Kareem? It's not Kareem. Kareem's a, a devout Muslim, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. Who That's, am I thinking uh, of? Uh, Walt, uh, B- Walt, Walt Chamberlain. Walt Chamberlain, not Walt. Walt Chamberlain. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But the the argument isn't even like if it's a feasible number or if it's like an astronomical number. It's like, is it really astronomical or is it just astronomical? Like, it's just so many women that like people are Which is like, such a gross thing. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's bizarre. So is he sex, like... Dude, think about sex addiction. Think about this in the NBA. When you're a rookie that gets drafted or signed in your first year, the NBA requires you take a class regarding money and women and how to deal with those things. Like I read, I read a book literally that women will show up to the opposing team's hotel and try to hook up with one of the basketball players because the minimum monthly payment for child support is like is like $100,000 a month or something like that for a basketball player. It's it's insane. And so, like, that's my thing is, like, what is sex addiction then? Like, we really as a society need to think about it. And, like, I don't, like... Yeah, but, like... I'm, I'm not, like, I'm not for, like, a prude society, you know what I mean? Like... I, we can't I, have that. I mean, not now. No. With, with, with condoms and with the pill, it's not going to exist. No, but we do need to talk about, like, what is sex addiction? What is there a number? Is there something unhealthy to You know what I'm saying? Because, like, if it's, like, a Fifty Shades of Grey thing, like, obviously, but then where's the line before that? Yeah. Because to me, like, a bachelor, like, you read this thing about him, like, sexting women, like, in relationships, like, whatever, like, it's... At some point, like, his status is making him able to do that. You know what I'm saying? But the thing that got him caught is that he's a Christian. Because this would kind of probably be heralded in a secular community. It's like, oh, man. People would shrug it off. They wouldn't care. Yeah, they wouldn't care at the very least. Maybe And maybe that's an unfair statement to make. I don't love it when people are like, well, what if, you know, like, 
But I mean, like there was stuff about Kevin Hart cheating, and that was news for like two weeks. It was news for two weeks, and then he got another Netflix special, and he made jokes of like surrounding the topic of him trying to like get right with his wife for like half of the special. Yeah, it was super weird. So it's it, it yeah it is just it's just what's the standard for sex addiction? Again, I appreciate John Chris for actually making a statement. Yeah, admitting and appreciate him wanting to be serious about getting healthy. Yeah. Totally. Very good. Uh, and the fact that it sounds like his faith is a big portion of his life and he feels like he's failed there. And so I think in his statement, the first thing that said is he wants to get healthy spiritually. Yeah. Which is obviously. I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm all for it. I, and hey, man, if he gets back into doing comedy. If he gets back into comedy and can can make light of this point in his life, not make light of it, but make at least understand what he did wrong you know, and just kind of move on from it. I think that's really healthy. Yep. I think, and that's, I think the, the part that he's trying to get at here. So. Yeah. I'm not going to cancel him as a comedian because of this. I'm not. We've talked, man, we current events this thing for like 45 minutes. Yeah. You're pretty much on the dot. Whew. Okay. You want to get into our, let's get topic? into the topic though. Yeah. Which, which is funny because we will relate it to the first two topics. We're talking about vocation today. Yeah. Not vacation. Vocation. Vocation. Vo. K Sean. It's a Latin word, if I'm not mistaken. I'm honestly, I don't care. I don't know. Uh, I didn't really. What, what specifically, though, Dimitri, are we trying to hit with this idea of vocation? So the if idea is, as opposed to like, let's talk about it in these terms of like. And I think this is a good way to kick it off, like, because what I just said about Chris, like, I'm happy about his faith and like that, like him getting healthy and all that, isn't going to make me discount him as a comedian. Right. So like, where where are we getting at with like vocation? As opposed to work. Okay, so vocation. Obviously, there's vocational schools. There's yeah. we talk about vocation a lot when it comes to like. That's in a secular realm. So, but go ahead. Yeah, in a secular Let's realm. I think there. in a theological realm, we hear it a lot with like Mormonism, with Catholicism, in terms of like, are you going to be, you know, vocationally a whatever? Yeah, exactly. In ministry. Yes. Which is funny because those are two ends of the spectrum that we want to talk about. Yeah. In the sense that, like, so vocation basically boils down to if you don't know the word. It's like, what's your calling in life? Like, what is God calling you in a theological sense? Like, what is God calling you to move into? Mm -hmm. And so basically, I mean, we spent a lot of time researching. I think this is the one we researched the most. Probably because it's the yeah, one we care about. We've sat on it a long time. Though. Yeah, but we care about this topic probably the most yeah. out of all the other topics so far. Because I think both of us are in a crossroads in our life of like, man, what do I want to do? Like, what am I being called to do? And yeah. so that's why this one's so set on our heart, like to... yeah. To, and I think for, I'll speak for myself, like I, and we can get into this in a second when we talk about like maybe what we feel like their things are, but like I'm at a point where I'm pretty much like, I kind of know what I feel like. I don't want to say I was made to do, but yeah, I guess that's a good way to think about it. Or like with the way that I, maybe a different way to say it is like with the way that I'm wired with my kind of personality, with my kind of gifting, like what I think I would be most beneficial and effective in doing and what like gets me fired up and what gives me most passionate right about the work i'm doing yeah totally um but yeah the idea of vocation being um the idea of vocation being like what are maybe you called to with your specific gifts and talents but also like in christendom i think we can generally also say like there's a certain vocation when it comes to humanity or when it comes to Christians or when it comes to the church in general. And like the more that 
you can help your life fall in line with those things and the more that you can have your work fall in line with some of that stuff like the more fruitful and the more fulfilled and the more uh joyful just joyful or happy that i think you're going to be totally yeah yeah yeah. so I, I think one of the main things we need to touch on and you have a verse in genesis yeah like like first and foremost like we both believe like vocation is implored by god like yeah it's a very important vocation thing. and work yes and which we'll are two get, different we'll things that. yeah two different things so go we'll ahead get, and read this verse from genesis i yeah. want to break it down a little bit okay so we're gonna start in genesis uh one twenty eight. Um, this is right after the sixth day of creation, and it says, and God, after God created, this is, so I'll, I'll start in 27. This is God creating man and woman. It said, so God created man in his own image, and the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So basically, like the idea of of work, yeah, is what's that's, that's yeah, that's work and vocation kind of together. Yes. So like, I want to talk about the difference. Okay, I think we can even break down within that verse because I think the vocation part of it is like, um, be fruitful, multiply, and like subdue the earth. And part of the work of that is taking care of the animals, taking care of you know the plants, and you know producing food and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, there's a lot. There's going to be a lot of ways in which these overlap, but they're also can be very distinct. Yeah, so totally. Ahead. Because I okay. So to me, I think about the difference between like, like, the bread earner of a house versus like a stay at home mom yeah. or a stay at home father. Yeah. Like think about that. Like one is physically working for wages, and one is staying at home, not working in a general sense, right? But your vocation could be very differently. Because think about like, man, like. Your your vocation, like your calling, could be like you're a really good communicator, like you're a really good leader, right? So you're going off and you're managing some store or whatever. You're mm-hmm. a manager somewhere, right? That's your vocation. Like you're very good at that, and you feel fulfilled when you're leading, when you're communicating, and when the people below you are communicating and feeling like they're empowered, right? But like your wife is vocated to raising a family, like she wants to be a homemaker, right? Yeah. And this is like a very base argument. So I don't, you know. Yeah, and we're playing with a little bit of stereotype. We are playing with a little bit of stereotype. So let's let's flip it and and also say like if you're a woman, you're a very good communicator, you can go manage. Your husband stays at home, he's a homemaker, right? Yeah. Raising your children is a vocation. Yeah. I know a handful of people that stay at home with their kids. One of them is a very close friend of mine. Like that's her vocation. Like that's what she feels like she's called to do right now, not going and working not going and doing whatever she was doing for a job. She feels like raising her kids is what she needs to be doing right now. And basically like what it boils down to here, and and we've talked about this a lot, talking through Galatians is like the idea that God doesn't have preferential treatment to either of those. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so like, and yeah, God doesn't look at the woman staying at home and being like, Oh my gosh, I love Man, you I wish so you much sh- more than your husband. Yeah, or I wish you were doing a lot more like your husband is. Yeah. Or, re- you know, reverse or whatever. Like, yeah. man, I feel like your husband doesn't really care about your family. Like, I wish he was home more because, like, I don't feel like his mission at work is is that well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we also, like, I think it's really important that we discuss, like, the difference between 
vocational ministry and using your vocation as ministry. Yes. Yes. I think we've gotten those confused for a very long time. Right. I think a lot of people assume like, and when I was in. Cut here. Maybe we can jump off this. Um, I think what has happened because of that idea of like those who do vocational ministry are like better or holier or like. Right. Special, more important to God has created a hierarchy where it's like they're varsity and then like anybody else is like JV or didn't even make it. Ooh, that's a good comparison. You know, like. Here, and then the most realist sense, I knew a guy in my youth group growing up who staunchly believed for a while that only missionaries and pastors would go to heaven. And if you weren't of that chosen select few, it, like an even more refined version of predestination, that like it wasn't worth your time because obviously you haven't been called into ministry so your life doesn't have like a spiritual purpose. Yeah. And it like sucked like it like obviously upset me, but I was also like how sad is that? Like to believe that like whatever you're doing there's no eternal like consequence. Consequence. Or fruit. Or fruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always remember uh our our pastor friend Doug when he would preach about eternity new heaven new earth like what what heaven's like he would always say that he felt like god wanted him to be like a park ranger when he gets to heaven to like walk people through god's creation because like he loves doing that he loves walking through creation he feels like god would like use that part of his life like that joy he feels like in eternity yeah so it is it is interesting to think about like eternally speaking and like i talked to you about a verse in isaiah where it's talking about spirit or swords will be turned into plows and and plowshares and spears into pruning hooks. Like people love to think about, like, oh, heaven's not going to have any war. Like, yes, that's absolutely true. Like, there's no quarrel. Yeah. But like, that doesn't mean like like heaven needs upkeep. Like God created this idea of Eden mm-hmm. that was heaven meeting Earth in a physical sense. Yep. And, and he wanted them Ad- work. And he wanted Adam to like work in it. He wanted to, him to name the animals, and then he's like you need a companion because like this is too much for one person to handle. So I'm going to send you this person that can bear children that can help you assist you in your journey, you know? Yeah. And so like, I think like that eternal like sense of vocation is really interesting too. Cause I like, think about it. It's like, we're, we're fairly creative people in very different senses. Like I'm probably more visual than you are in that yeah. sense, but you're, you're far more wordy. So, like, to think about, like, our eternal vocation is, like, man, am I going to be an artist if I, when I get to heaven? Like, am I going to be able to, like, paint God's creation? Are you going to be able to, like, scribe? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. kind of fun to, like, sit and think about. But it also brings, like, a full understanding of, like, man, it's really important what I do with my time on earth. Yeah. It, it, it breaks apart the idea of, like, oh, well, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a whatever or I don't lead worship, or those kinds of, like, very specific, like, what we think of as ministry things. So, like, uh, my job at whatever, being an accountant or, you know, managing these people doesn't really matter because I'm not doing that thing. Right. When, man, in some ways, like, I feel like the opportunity is so much greater for somebody in a position who's, like, managing people or 
in a sphere that's very secular, that's not inside of a church, is so much greater to actually help and minister to people. Uh, if we're going to advancing the kingdom of God, yeah, yeah, better than the pastor on Sunday mornings in some sense because it's like we know those people are there like for the for the church, service, right? You know, um, whereas like you know, you go to work nine to five every day, like rubbing shoulders with people all the time that might not ever go to church on Sunday. Yeah. So let, let's talk about this. Like you, you go to work and you're the only Christian person there, or you're one of the only Christians there, right? Yeah. You could sit there and say that, yes, because I'm not a minister, there's no way I could at my accounting firm preach the gospel of Christ without, you know, physically doing that and there are some people that are really good at just sidewalk profiting you know or whatever it is is that what it's called i don't know sidewalk evangelism where like you're like you're just all about it you're just like everybody's like hey man have you read the bible hey man like there's some people that are really good like this but like what's your attitude like yeah what's your work ethic like and in those things i think attitude work ethic um I'm not one of those Christians that's against profanity in a sense of like. About like, things. About things. like, But not uh, at people. But not at people. Like, yeah. So when I'm, when I'm saying stuff that matters to people that matter, like, is it, is it that that reflects Christ? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. am I encouraging people around me when I need to encourage? Am I refining people when I need to refine them? Because like, that's what Christ would do. And I think like, that's really important and it makes your job like because there's a lot of people that just work nine to fives just because they're like, well, I need to retire. Like, I need to make as much money as I can so I can retire early, so I can finally do the things I want to do. But do you see like there's not a lot of joy in that sentence? No. Versus the people that are like, man, I love what I do. I love where I do it because I feel like I'm doing what I'm called to do. There's so much more joy in that sentence. Yeah. And it kind of doesn't matter how you say it, which is kind of funny. I'm going to quote Chad for a second, cause I, but I thought this was really good. He asked, well, he was talking about work one time, and he asked a good question, I think. He said, would the people you work with be surprised when they find out you're a Christian? Right. Like, by the way you work, by the way you talk to people, by the way you manage them, by the way that you, like, interact with them on your break, like, all that. Would they, if you were to have a conversation and somehow come up like, yeah, I'm a Christian, da, 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 like, would they be like, oh. I would have never thought that. Right. They'd be like, yeah, it makes sense. Like, I understand it. Right. Um, I think that's a big, big thing to ask if, like, you're letting your vocation intercept your work and, like, overlap with it. It's like, are you conducting yourself in such a way that reflect, like you were saying, that reflects Christ and that is something that other people look at and be like, yeah, it makes sense that. You know, he follows Jesus. And I want to, like, bring this up. Like, it's not always going to be easy. Oh, no. I think that's a key thing, too, is, like, some people aren't going to like you because of that. Like, I think persecution's a real thing. It just takes different forms in terms of, yeah. like, the persecution you read of in Acts versus the persecution of now. Mm-hmm. Will you be retaliated against in ways of, well, we're going to give this guy the extra work because we don't really like his attitude, you know? Yeah. This guy seems a lot more joyful than everyone else here. So like like we just need to shut that down cuz everyone here needs to be on the same level of 9 to 5 just working to retire. Yeah. Uh, it's different like it's not going to be easy. 
and I don't think Jesus ever calls it to be easy. And not to also say that you have to put on that smile 100% of the time, even when it sucks. Mm-hmm. I think part of being a good Christian, I don't like that I use that sentence. I think part of an honest walk with Jesus is willing to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being honest with the people around you, like, man, my life is like, it's not going for me this week. Yeah. I think that in and of itself, the communication. Yeah. Part of what you're saying too is like, there are, uh, there are certain things that you're going to have to stand for if you're going to keep your morals about you right. in the workplace. Um, and I mean, I think here's the crazy thing is like, I think maybe it's like when people talk about like, when you go off to college, when you're in high school, like just say no to drugs. Yeah. It really takes like three times. Right. Somebody asks you like, hey, dude, do you want to drink? Or hey, dude, do you want whatever? And if you say no and you give them a reason, even if it's just like, I don't want to, like I'm not interested, like please no thank you. Um, by about the third time, usually they're fighting for you to not have it with other people. Right. So I think the same kind of thing, like you could see that as like you might, you might actually lose your job over something you stand for, but you're going to be stronger because of that. Right. And would you rather lose your job because you stand for something or keep your job and just feel weaker and weaker every day you walk in? Cause you're like, I just get, I'm giving myself away to this thing that I don't even believe in. It's funny. I was talking to a friend, uh, my dude, Mike is one. Of- sorry. But my point in my initial analogy was like, but there's the other side of it where like you standing for something could actually make you shine and for other people to be like, yeah, I'm not for that either. Right. Like, Thank you for saying something or your boss just knows that like, he's not going to ask you for that thing. Cause you're not going to do it. And part of this like conversation I think we need to talk about too, is like, if you're not where your vocation is like move, you know, like, yeah, if there's like, uh, and again, I'll go back. I was talking to my dude, Mike, a uh, big spiritual leader in my life, but he's like sitting there talking and he's like, we were talking about a breakup I had. And then we were talking about, I lost my job, like things like that. And he's like, do you realize like the overlap of those two is like that it made sense for you not to be there anymore. And he's like, it sucks. You lost your job. It sucks that you're not dating that person anymore. He goes, but let me like, when we break down the details of those two places, you're not supposed to be there, man. Like it didn't make sense. But it made yeah. sense that you weren't like it makes sense that you're there not not there anymore. And I was like, I don't like what you're saying. It makes sense, and I know it's true, but I don't want to hear that. Yeah. And now looking back, and I was like, I can't believe I ever worked there, man. I can't believe I ever dated that person. Yeah. Not in a bad way, like in a way of like, you're right. Like it didn't make sense. Oh shoot! Like now I know, and now I've learned. So I think like that's a big portion of it. Like, I'm not saying go quit your job tomorrow, you know? Yeah. In the sense of like, man, I just don't feel like I can like vocate here. Well, explain that. Like, talk to your boss, man. Be like, man, I feel like. Or talk to other people in your life, being like, am I actually doing this because I'm afraid to step into some of these things? Right. Um, and if those consequences come, those consequences come. Like, those are not in your control. But like, have you operated in a mindset that's like oh, well, I'm just here to, you know, get my paychecks and, like, I'm not even going to look for any opportunities to, like, let what I want, what I feel like I should be doing to infect what's going on here. Correct, yeah. 
Well, I think that is just, it's so important as like to think about like things that I lose following Jesus aren't really a loss. No. If I talk to my boss, if I talk to my peers and they're like, my boss says, no, you can't do those things here. Like, I'm just not, I'm not for it. Or you talk to your peers and they're like, you are just collecting a paycheck. You're miserable. Like, yeah. for you to lose your job, for you to lose that relationship, for you to lose that friendship, whatever that is, like, move where, like, the Holy Spirit is. You know what I'm saying? One of my favorite song lyrics is from uh, King's Kaleidoscope's, uh, Gosh. Oh, jumping from jaded heights. Yeah. And literally the like line is just like, take me to where you are. And I like have to think about that all the time when I listen to it. Cause it's like my like ambition wants to take me different places Yeah. for different reasons. Yeah. Some of it's notoriety. Some of it's just like grandiose ideas in my head that I just think about day in, day out. But it's like really when it boils down to is like, like my prayer daily should be like, God, take me where you want me to be. Yeah. In your grand scheme of things, because like, yeah, really, I don't have any control over this, but I can get answers from you. I can yeah. feel things out. Yeah. And your Holy Spirit resides in me. So I should be able to trust myself as well. Yes. And that's um, let's let's hit this verse. And then I want to talk about actually, no, let's talk about that idea. Yeah. I this is something that um, I don't know if we'll even get to these other verses. Um, I'll say them at the end if you all want to look them up um, if we don't have time. But. I think that idea of like, cause so going to shout out center church again in Springfield. Of course. But, um, you were there that week that Jeremy preached yeah. and he said that he said, um, part of like, um, it was, he was talking on like the pathway to mysticism, um, and like regaining that relational connection with God. And one of his first points was trust yourself more because you have the Holy spirit. Right. Right. Um, and, that was the first time I ever heard anything like that from a pulpit. Because we're told I've not to heard, trust ourselves. I've always heard, well, the heart's deceitfully wicked above all things. But then I'm like, okay, but wait. So if, and this is like, I don't think that's, for the Christian, that's not true. I don't believe that's true. Well, thinking true. about what Paul, we, we just studied Galatians 2. Like the, the latter half of that is him talking about like the law versus Christ dying. And yeah. his like consistent message in that is like, Christ died and like I have Christ died and is raised again like and so he I have died and he lives in me. Yeah. And like God and the Holy Spirit if we're going to like talk about the Holy Spirit residing in people's hearts, the Holy Spirit can't reside where there's wicked things. Right. And if your heart is still wicked, then the Holy Spirit can't be there. But if you're a Christian, that means that you have a new heart and you're a new creation, so that means that you can trust your heart and You are a new creation. Exactly. So I think a lot of times we're so scared to like those things that like really stir our hearts and like be like, God, I really feel like that's, you know, something that's super important to me or something that's like that I feel like is a big part of like who God has made me to be. And but we like shut it down and be like, nope, can't trust it. Can't make that. Can't take that risk. I can't do that thing because like what if I'm deceiving myself? What if this isn't true? What if the, and we like I think the enemy loves that we do that because he's like. Yeah, I'm keeping everybody from... Actually. I'm just keeping you on edge. Yeah, and I'm, like, the verse I was going to read, I guess I'll just read it now because I think it ties in well. It's in the Sermon on the Mount. It's Matthew chapter 5, um, verses 14. And this is after Jesus has gone through the Beatitudes, um, talking about the kingdom of heaven is here, which is what he's ushering in. 
and those are the kind of people that are in his kingdom and what's coming. And then he says this. He says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. And I think a lot of times what happens when we get convinced that like we shouldn't pursue the things that are on our hearts or pursue like what God is burdening us with is we're hiding our light. Yeah. In that sense is like we aren't shining because it's it's like we're believing the lie that we're still evil and we're not. And like God's just like, no, like I I like Adam in the garden, like I created you to, to work to do this thing. But like you're still eating from this tree that I told you not to eat. Like you're still lying to yourself about what this is. So like if you were to just trust me and trust yourself because I live in you, then like there would be so much more fruit and so much more vigor and so much more joy. But you keep believing the lie that you're still I got to make wicked, money. Yeah. Or I got to make money or I can't do that because it's too big a risk or you know, what will they say or what will she say or what will he say? Um, or like, man, is that really what God wants me to do? I was talking to a friend of mine at work and she was like, um, she was like, man, I really want to move to like Colorado. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, yeah, but I don't know what God wants me to do. And I looked at her and I said, I honestly think that in the grand scheme of things, God, it doesn't really matter to God if you live in Colorado or you live here. Right. Like, unless you're being called, like, unless you really feel like, man, I need to go on mission to Asia or to Africa or whatever, and then you move to Colorado, then we have issues. But if you're like, I don't know. That's a Jonah thing to do. Yeah, it's a Jonah thing. But it's like. I need you in Syria. Ooh, ah, I really want to go to Phoenix, though. (laughs) Yeah. But if you're like, no, I really like, I'd really love to move there, but I don't know. Like, do what you want. Yeah. God never says like, hey, don't enjoy yourself. Like, don't do what you want. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially when it comes to decisions like, I love Colorado, man. Like, I love the people. Like, then move to Colorado. Like, if that's, you know, if that's like a want of yours, God's never like explicitly in Ecclesiastes like, hey, by the way, never move to Colorado if you feel like you really want to move to Colorado. It's Mm -hmm. just not a good thing. Like, he doesn't say that. Like, as an Ohio State fan, it's like, like at some level, I'm like, yeah, I'd like to move to Columbus. And I don't feel like at some level, like unless I'm being called to explicitly not move there, then I was like at some point, like if I really wanted to do it and it was feasible, then sure. Yeah, maybe I would. Yeah. And even like for me, I can use the last year as an example. Like I lived in Springfield. I moved back to Kansas City for a relationship that I'm no longer in um, to, you know, do school online. I made sure that some things were in order so that I wasn't like giving up all that I was pursuing in Springfield right. to move back. But I keep like thinking there's moments I definitely have where I'm like, man, I could move back to Springfield. And I don't think that like, I don't think I'd be I think wrong you could. in that. I yeah. could. But I also think like in my like burden, even more than just my relationship, but that was the main thing to like move back here. Like I had to move back for things to happen. Right. Like, and there's certain things that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't moved back that needed to happen. Uh, and I just think like, man, you know, it was my decision. Like I could have stayed in Springfield, but I really felt like, man, I should, I should move back. I should at least try this thing. I, I want to, you know, go for it, whatever. Right. And like the consequences weren't what at all what I thought they were going to be. But in that way, God used my decision to do this to 
like bring about the things that he needed me to see. Right. And I could have seen him in Springfield. I think I could have. The and location was, wasn't important. Yeah. Yeah. The location wasn't the issue. It was other things that the location just brought about, either being in Springfield or being here. But the point is, like, he could have used me either way, and the fact that I moved back, he used it to his advantage to show right. me things that I wasn't seeing. In the same way that it's like, yo, I really want to move to this other company, but I don't know what God wants. It's like, do you want to move to the other company? Right? Because then, then it, do it. Because vocationally, it sounds like, hey, if you're a leader, if you're a good communicator, I keep going to that example, but yeah. it's like, are are you be, are you going to be used in the same way there, but is that other company going to give you better benefits? Well, then shoot, like go to the other company. If you're still going to be able to use your gift elsewhere, then use it elsewhere. Like you don't have to like stay put. Like I think that's like some people's like hinge on like marriage too is like, man, like it's so static, you know, but I feel like it talks in the Bible that God wants me to get married. So I feel like I have to. I'm like, then don't get married. Like if you feel like (laughs) there's just things in marriage you don't want, then like just wait, like. Yeah. It doesn't say explicitly in the Bible, you have to get married. You know what I'm saying? To fulfill what God wants you to do. Right, exactly. Marriage isn't a requirement. No. It's a good thing that can be fruitful. It's a good thing that can be fruitful, and some people are called into it, but it's also just one of those things where it's like, it's also an earthly thing. You're not married when you go to heaven. Yeah. We're not going to have the career at Cerner that we're going to have in in heaven. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just very earthly things locationally, you know, in a sense, it's just like, those are just parts of your life. Yeah. There's so many details about the apostle's life we just don't have. There's just not a room. Yeah. And, okay, here's something else that's really interesting. Uh, so I've been reading through Acts, right? And uh, I just read a portion yesterday where it talked about, like, and the Spirit didn't let them enter the city, and the Spirit didn't let them enter this city. Right. And it was like, it's one of those, it's kind of like the other side of it, where, like, they had a plan, and they said, like, we want to go here, but for whatever reason— they couldn't get in there. Mm-hmm. And it's to the point of like, like I had certain plans about like what was going to happen when I moved back and those didn't happen because I had to see some things. But again, it, I don't think that, um, I think that God can use either way. Yeah, like, totally. Like God could have let them in the city and this is some, can get into some like Calvinist, Arminian, arguments but point is that like your decision to do or not do something isn't going to negate like god doing something yes because he doesn't need you he doesn't need me no he wants us though which is the crazy thing he wants us to be like all that he's created us to be right and that's the wild mystery of christianity so before we end i think it would be maybe uh helpful if we kind of talked about like do we have any ideas what of what like our vocation is and does it overlap with our work or like what do what are some of those things that we feel like in our lives are right now or where they're at um and i'll I'll kick it off this way i think a good a good way that i've thought about it for a while is more in terms of how to answer maybe what's my vocational question or what's like some deeper things that are driving me uh and what are some things that god's put in my heart is uh, what would you want people to line up and thank you for at the end of your life? Right. Like if there was something that people were like, you know, that people across the board like said to you in different ways, like when you were about to like leave this earth, like what would you want them to say? Like what kind of either 
like impact on them would you want to have? What kind of like kingdom things would you want to be doing? Or like work things would you want to be? I know for me, kind of like the general theme of what I'd want people to say to me is like, and a big like push for me to want to even do this podcast is I want people to say something to the effect of you helped me think about it differently. Right. And I feel like I'm very wired to like put the pieces together and to like really dive into like why things are the way they are or why, you know, people think the way they do or why I think the way I do and like kind of dissecting all of that and helping other people do that. Um, I very much like a teacher gene in me in that way. Yeah. And so um, that's like, and I like get so ecstatic when like I have conversations with people and like we're pushing each other, like what we do here, we push each other in like what we think and we make each other sharper and we challenge each other. And if someone were to tell me like, Hey man, you know, we had conversations or like you shared with me this thing or you wrote this thing or, you know, whatever. And like, you helped me think about God. You helped me think about my marriage or you helped me think about my relationships differently. Then like, I feel like I'm fulfilling like part of my vocation, what I've been wired for. So. Right. I think for me personally, it's always been about like leadership and growth and like helping people get to that next level. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I hated being an athlete in the sense that it was like it was so much pressure on me and like to perform mm-hmm. because I really liked the preparation better. Interesting. And then like when the hay was in the barn, it was like, oh, shoot, like now I actually got to go do this, yeah. which always makes me think about like I want to coach at some point. Yeah. But what's funny is, is like now in my life as I keep progressing, like more of what I find to be enjoyable is like, like being able, like, and what's funny is the golf industry has actually, like, I find so much enjoyment in that industry for some reason. And so like, there's something about like coaching golf to me that sounds fun. Like, you know, or yeah. like giving golf lessons yeah. or like, and even like in that, like being able to be creative. Yeah. Like having an outlet for that with that leadership sense. Like I hate thinking about sitting in an office for eight hours a day now. Oh yeah. But as a graphic designer, like what I thought I wanted was like, uh, like I realized like, dude, that's it. Like you're going to be sitting in an office for eight hours. And to me, there was zero level of collaboration with however many people that was going to make it feel like, Eight oh, hours yeah. in an office. I feel that on, with you. Like, if there's no low, like, that's part of my, like, helping other people, like, think about right. things. Like, if I can't collaborate and I can't, like, make somebody sharper or help them make me, like, organize my thoughts better, then, like, I feel real lost. And I well, don't Well, it was feel even like, like in graphic important. design, like, I didn't care. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I wasn't uh, at my old job, I never got an option to collaborate. It was here, like, I'm giving you the instructions, follow it. So go back to your office and do it. Yeah. Yeah. But even the times I was able to collaborate and maybe it was just the environment it was in. It was very, I mean, we've had many conversations. It was what it was. We'll say that. But like it just, there was like, it wasn't fulfilling collaborating with the people I was collaborating with. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just didn't feel like at the end of the day, I was like, Graphic design's a really good vehicle. But to me, it's not my end all be all anymore. Yeah. Like it's gonna help like it's a good way to earn money. It's a good way to like kind of connect yourself with different people and different industries and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like you hate sitting at a desk desk for eight hours a day, 
that's what this is. And I was like, I, I don't want it anymore. Like, yeah, I'll use it. But now I'm realizing that there's like something bigger afoot that like I'm trying to figure out now. And I mean, we've talked like I'm going back to school for a different degree now. Yeah. I'm getting jobs in just different places now just because out of the fact it was like, okay, I'm going to stop chasing this graphic design, you know, mouse because it's just not going to lead me where I want, you know, it's going to lead me to another hole in the wall. Yeah. That's really interesting. I've never heard you like, we've had conversations around this stuff, but I've never heard you put right. it like that. So that's really interesting to me because I'm kind of, I don't want to say the opposite, but like, in me pursuing writing and like doing this podcast, I'm like even more about it now because I'm like, this is the kind of thing right. that I like thrive on. And like being someone who I feel like I'm a good communicator and I feel like I understand like how to teach or like how to like present a thought, whether it's written or spoken, like, oh man, there's something about it that I'm just like, that feels like I'm doing something, dare I say, like holy, like yeah, it's it just there's feels so, right. Something about it, yeah. And there was something about the way, and maybe it was like just again, it might have just been the environment. But I was in school for graphic design. I was in yeah. school, like taking four studio credits, like doing typography, color, and I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, who cares? Because then I would leave and go to an office job while I was doing graphic design stuff. So to do graphic design. Yeah, to do graphic design. So first and foremost, the disconnect was was there. Yeah. Because I'd be sitting there like, well, like in school, they'd be like, well, when you have a agency job and you do this, this, and this, this is what they're going to be. And I was like, no, they don't. Like, <laughs> like, no one cares about your process. I was told that I just needed to get these four Instagram posts done by the end of the day. Like, that's that was my process, was being told that. I didn't have time to doodle. Like, yeah. I didn't have time to be like, well, which one of these color swatches looks like? You know, I was just like, this is dumb. Like, this isn't even how it's done. Perhaps at, like, a massive agency where you're really going to split hairs over w how much value the CMYK tone has, you know? <laughs> it's just like, yeah. to me, it was like, who are we helping here? Like, who are we motivating yeah. Because it's not me. I'll tell you that. Like, I was just bored. And, like, the reason I lost my job was because I communicated to him. I was like, I don't like it here. Like, yeah. I don't understand yeah. what we're doing here anymore. Yeah. And they were just like, okay, like, well, we're not going to have someone who doesn't understand. I was like, I was crushed when it happened. And now looking back at it, I go, it's probably the best thing for you. Yeah. Was just because I, I listened to a TED talk a little bit later and it was this chick and she's like, I got fired from my job. I was relieved and I was like, and she's like, you might ask me why I was relieved. And she's like, the relationship was gone. I just didn't know how to end it. Dude, I've used that quote so much since you told me that. What is like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and yeah. that was kind of my relationship with just doing graphic design. Yeah. I love being able to be that guy now, wherever I work, that's like, hey, I can do graphic design stuff. Yeah, and it, to I think be you like found a your flow at the at the golf course. I think it's yeah, great. but it's like cool because it's like, okay, I can bring my camera, I can shoot photos, I can do Instagram posts, I can do whatever for this company, and they love it because yeah. like, this isn't like Barkley, like this isn't like, oh my gosh, like we're gonna critique this. They love everything I do there, and it makes me feel good about it because I get to be creative. Yeah. 
and also like it also feels like at the same sense is like I get to be around people that also enjoy what we're doing. Yeah. Which is like it's like I worked at a grocery store and one of the things is like when I was applying for this new job I'm getting it, it's a retail job but it's way more interesting because it's like it's golf stuff. Yeah. Right? So like in my head like when I was sitting in there in the interview I was like, "Well, I worked at, you know, this grocery store." And then I realized I was like, "But this is going to be 10,000 times better because I don't care about crackers, but I do care about golf stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I could sell crackers fine. I could scan them and bag them. Like, that's cool. But being able to help someone, like, with their golf game, like, that's cool. Like, build that kind of, like, however much of a relationship that is. Like, that's an awesome experience to be able to, like, and even, like, working at a golf course, there's a lot of regulars there. So you get to like talk with them and like, yeah, you you have your jokes with your coworkers about the ones you hate and you, you know, yeah. the ones that are annoying, but you also get to like grow individually. Like there's a guy there named Chris at the golf course and he's this like dude. And he, I think, I believe he's from Africa and he's one of our regulars up there. It's nicest dude ever. And every time I see him, we just have like a little conversation, but it's things like that. It's like, I never got that at my other job because we were all just coworkers. Yeah. And so whether or not we really liked each other, like we were, we had to work together because that was just the company, you know? Yeah. But it's like that idea of being able to grow and meet new people. Like, like that's my vocation. Like I figured out, I was like, man, like is my attitude in those little conversations good? Is my work ethic at the golf course good? Yeah. Because that's how I'm going to reflect Christ. Yeah. Not by wearing my, my winter jam t-shirts. I do not have those. I just want to be very clear. (laughs) I don't have winter jam t-shirts. But it's like, no, 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 in my attitude. Yeah. And then if the conversation of Christ comes up, if they see me reading my C.S. Lewis book, if they see me reading my Bible, doing my Bible study, is it going to spur questions? Yeah. Is it going to be like, well, you know what? Dimitri's got something like it's different and I want to know about it. Yeah. That's that's where I'm at with my vocation. Yeah. I think like and what's promising to me is I'm able to like like for the last like two years, I, I didn't understand it at all. I was like steady trudging with my head down in like a snowstorm, just like, I'll get there someday. I remember those days. And now it's just like, now I have a little bit more guidance because I have a little bit less control over it, which is very interesting. That idea of like, which is funny because it's like a golf swing. Like people will tell you like, if you're gripping the club, like you're going to kill it. If you're trying to hit it too hard, if you're trying to control every aspect of your movement, your golf swing's not going to be good. It's going to be trash. But if you let go, if you let the club do the work, like all that kind of stuff, like you'll get a better, like you'll get what you want. Mm-hmm. And so I just feel like, man, like in the last year, I think I asked God explicitly. I was just like, all right, like, what do you want? Like, I'm done. Like, I'm so unhappy with my relationships and it's not perfect. But like in the same sense, I just, I just want more of you right now. Mm-hmm. Which was a stupid thing to ask for because, like, you're not ready not for it. You're all. not ready for it. Whatever you know what I'm saying? Like, I lost my job, got broken up with. It, it was a small relationship. It wasn't like something concrete. But you know, it was like yeah. they came in waves. And I was just like, that was a stupid thing to ask for. But now it's like looking back, and I was like, man, I'm so grateful I did. Yeah. Vocation, man. I'm all about it. Yeah. Well, I think uh, we're way past an hour. Oh yeah, we're like an hour and a half. Sweet. That's awesome. Okay. That's fine, man. I, we're unlimited now in Podbean, so I can upload Whoa! as, as many episodes and as long of episodes as I want. Is it really called Podbean? Yeah. That really bums me out. <sighs> no offense to Podbean. 
Uh, all right. Uh, I guess we'll sign it off here. Yeah, I'm Dimitri Lash. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at D-I-M-I-T-R-Y-L-A-S-H. Luke, where can we find you? Uh, my name is Luke Byler. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Luke underscore Byler 816. That's B-Y-L-E-R 816. You can also follow the Belfast Podcast on Instagram at oh, shoot. The Belfast Podcast. And you can email us at Belfast Podcast. I'll post on there one of these times. Yes. Yeah, we'll figure and it out. Now we're going to get video up. So um, hopefully, so yeah. The game is changing. The game the game is getting more visual. Cool, you, step by step. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We get raised like Frodo. Yeah, and when I'm in the city, we're going to yeah. get up for Lomo. Because we're going to win. You'll say. And we do it again. You'll say. I hit up my artist. He tatted me up till I run out of skin. You'll say. We pull up the bend. You'll say. Get in with my friend. You'll say. And all of the homies, they riding with me until we see an end. You'll say.